Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 12 of Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning of Season 2, I'm going to be using the natural seasons in the Northern Hemisphere to have themes throughout the year. This is the first episode of the summer, and the theme for the summer is turning up the heat, or how to use Dharma teachings and practices to support us when we're dealing with tough stuff. What I'm moved to talk about today is grief. I feel like grief can be an intense energy that can really knock us off our path, I'll share some ways we can see grief through a Dharma lens and three tools to help us cope with grief when it arises. The reason this topic is up for me in this moment is that someone I know is grieving the death of her husband, and when I heard about his death, it sparked some feeling of grief in me. There was sadness for my friend, of course, but also a resonance or an echo of past losses. So when I'm talking about grief today, I'm talking about both the obvious grief, I experience this loss and feel this grief, but also the more nebulous grief that we may experience. What is grief? The dictionary definition is very great sadness, especially at the death of someone. WebMD describes it this way, grief is a natural response to losing someone or something that's important to you. You may feel a variety of emotions like sadness or loneliness, and you might experience it for a number of different reasons. There's been a lot of research done on grief, and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came up with five stages of grief, which can help folks understand the grieving process. Those stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. While those stages can lead to one another, they can often be experienced as a spiral as the loss is processed we may need to reach acceptance several different times. What I know about grief after years of practice is that it feels different in my body, heart, mind than other experiences like depression or worry, but the difference is so subtle that it can be difficult to articulate. I have also learned that for me, grief can be triggered by big losses, by others' losses, or by the most mundane endings like the end of a weekend or giving away a shirt that I used to love. Grief is a personal experience and it is a universal phenomenon. As Kate Inglis says in her beautiful book, Notes for the Ever Lost, know that no matter your context or convictions, we all share bereavement. Some of the teachings of the Buddha can help us work through our experience of grief. In the sutta, where the Buddha talks about the first noble truth, the truth that there is difficulty in life, he lists the following things as dukkha. Birth, aging, sickness, death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, despair, association with what one doesn't want, dissociation from the loved, not to get what one wants. So grief is listed, but so many of the other things listed can also come with grief, such as aging or dissociation from the loved. Grief may arise when you bend down to touch your toes and realize your aging body can't do that anymore. Or grief may arise when you are talking to a friend you used to live close to on the phone and you want to see them. I talked about dukkha in episode 7 and the Buddha's prescription for how to work with dukkha. 
And since grief is dukkha, we can apply these same tools when grief arises. First, we know that grief is possible, that it can arise. We know the truth of grief. Secondly, we see and we know that grief is present. Third, we remember that we know grief. Now, this knowing of grief is not just an intellectual knowing. It's across all aspects of our being. So when I heard that my friend's husband died, first, I know that grief is possible. Secondly, I examine my feelings in my body, heart, mind, and know it is grief. Like I mentioned, I felt both the sadness for my friend, but there was another feeling as well, and that feeling was grief. And third, when the feeling arises again, whether in relation to this loss or another loss, I know that it is grief. The reason this process is so important is that A, grief can often feel similar to other emotions, so it's important to name grief as grief. And B, we can sometimes forget the fairly constant losses we experience, the way that all conditioned phenomena pass away, and so we don't always recognize that we may be grieving. So these steps of acknowledging grief, knowing it, and knowing we know it are so important. Another way we can categorize grief in a Buddhist context is as a type of aversion. If part of grief is a lack of acceptance of a loss, then we can see it as aversion, as a pushing away, as a not wanting what is actually happening. I do want to caution that this can feel like a pigeonholing, but I want to be clear that I do not feel that grief is only aversion, but if we do see it as a type of aversion, we can apply the antidote to aversion and see if it supports us when grief is arising. The classic antidote to aversion is to access our heart by cultivating the Brahma-viharas, the divine abodes. And for grief, the two Brahma-viharas that are most useful to access are karuna, compassion, and upaka, equanimity. I will talk about how to use both of these as tools when grief arises. The Brahma-viharas can be actively cultivated in meditation practice in many different ways, and I will link to some more info about that in the show notes but these heart qualities we can also call on at any time. It does help if we cultivate them in practice, because then they are more accessible in our lives. But for now, I'm going to talk about how to access these heart qualities in the moment when grief arises. Beginning with compassion. Compassion, karuna, is the quivering of the heart in response to pain. So when we feel the grief, we can direct some compassion toward ourselves. Sometimes it helps to imagine what we would do if someone else was grieving, what kind of tenderness or support we would offer them, and offer that to ourselves. In the moment when we notice grief is present, we can put a hand on our heart, or say to ourselves, I'm so sorry, or rock our bodies, or lie down, or pet an animal, or a soft blanket. We can care about the pain that's arising. We don't need to figure it out or make meaning of it, but we do need to tend to it. We do need to honor its presence and offer some soothing or acknowledgement. Saying grief is arising, that acknowledgement is the first step to compassion. We can't care about it if we don't know it's here. When I read about my friend's husband's death, the way I took care of myself was to cry and to reach out to someone and to ask my husband for a hug. These are all ways I cared for my grief. These are all ways I offered myself compassion. 
Equanimity, Upeka, is the balancing heart quality of the Brahma Viharas. Equanimity balances love and wisdom. It acknowledges the pain of loss as well as the inevitability of loss. Equanimity honors the truth of karma, the truth of impermanence, the truth of dukkha, while also taking into account our capacity to care. When a loss happens, equanimity cools the fires of grief. It doesn't extinguish them completely or ignore the pain we are experiencing, but it does feel that pain in the context of the truth, in the context of the Dharma. So when we feel grief, two ways to access equanimity are, first, you can imagine yourself as a mountain. Mountains are affected by the changing weather and the seasons, but they are often slow changes and they still stay standing. It takes a lot to disrupt or displace a mountain. We can feel that stability of a mountain within ourselves, even as the tears are running down our face. Another way to access equanimity when we're experiencing grief is some phrase repetition, maybe things are as they are, or right now it's like this. I often find it useful to repeat those phrases while doing walking meditation. Something about the repetition and the walking back and forth helps me to stabilize even in the midst of grief. It is helpful when grief arises to remember that we've been through grief before, others have been through it before, and have survived. As Michelle Obama reminds us, grief and resilience live together. And the hope is that these practices, knowing the truth of grief, caring about our pain, stabilizing, can help remind us of that and help us to access our resilience. So when grief arises, we acknowledge it, We care for it with compassion, and we ground it with equanimity. These tools can help us face and accept this powerful energy of grief. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.